Welcome to Gateway Church's podcast. Wherever you're tuning in from, we hope you're encouraged by today's message. Here's the title of the message, Wise Men Still Worship. Wise men. We know they were men who came, but wise people. Wise people still worship. So I want to read you the story, and I'll make a few comments. Uh, I've preached whole messages on this before, so I'm not going to dwell too much on this. I'm going to make an application with it after we read it. Matthew 2, verse 1. Now, after Jesus was born, first of all, you need to know that they did not come until after Jesus was born. Just, just uh, they, they were not at the stable, the wise men. So don't go home and, you know, throw your wise men out from your nativity scene. I, I think it's great. I love nativity scenes, but the wise men weren't there, okay? Now, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem. Notice they didn't come to Bethlehem. They came to Jerusalem saying, where is he? So they didn't know what city he was born in. Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and have come to worship him. Wise men still worship. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled. Now here's another phrase you might never have seen. And all Jerusalem with him. Uh, Most theologians believe that they spent two or three weeks and possibly two or three months in Jerusalem uh, because that would just be the custom. They came from Persia, it was a thousand mile journey, took six to nine months, so they were resting some. But it says all Jerusalem was troubled. So the word got around, okay? And verse four, and when he had gathered the chief priests and scribes of the people together, he inquired of them, this is talking about Herod, inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. So they said to him, now they're quoting Micah 5, verse 2. In Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it is written by the prophet, but you Bethlehem and the land of Judah are not the least among the rulers of Judah, for out of you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. When then Herod, when he had secretly called the wise men, Now remember, all Jerusalem was troubled, but he does this secretly now. When he secretly called the wise men, determined from them what time the star appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, go and search carefully for the young child, not the babe. The angel told the shepherds, you will find a babe wrapped in swaddling cloths. They were at the stable. The wise men were now looking for a young child. Go and search carefully for the young child, and when you found him, bring back word to me that I might come and worship him also. Obviously, that was not Herod's motive, we know, because he killed all of the male children two years old and under, which gives us a little bit of clue of how old Jesus was. When they heard the king, they departed, and behold, the star which they had seen in the east went before them. Now, I just want you to know that it's very possible the first star they saw, which would have been about two years before, could have been a natural phenomenon. That doesn't take away from a miracle being a miracle because God would have aligned the planets. But we know from science, 
that the planets aligned about the time Jesus was born. That could have been what they saw. This, though, is a supernatural phenomenon because it says the star went before them. If you didn't know this, stars don't went. <laughs> so, so this is supernatural, what's happening now. Of course, I'm not saying the other wasn't. I'm just saying something's happened where this star is moving, okay? When they heard the king, they departed. And behold, the star, which they seen the east, went before them till it came and stood over. Okay, the stars don't also stand over houses. This one did, though. And I'm not saying it didn't. It did, but somehow God did this. Where the young child was. That's the second time we've seen the words young child. It's three times in the verses I'm going to read, which are verses 1 through 12. It's nine times in chapter 2. Never calls him a baby in Matthew 2. Only Luke 2, all right? The young child. When they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceedingly great joy. And when they had come into the house, notice the word house, not stable. When they'd come into the house, they saw the young child with Mary, his mother, and fell down. Those are two very important words, which we'll come back to, and worshiped him. And when they had opened their treasures, those are important words because many people don't know about that they had a treasury with them. They presented gifts to him, gold, frankincense, and myrrh, then being divinely warned in a dream. Obviously, the divine means it was God. God spoke to him in a dream. That they should not return to Herod. They departed for their own country another way. Just a little trivia here. Gold represented his royalty. Frankincense, his divinity. Myrrh, his humanity. In other words, gold represented that he was the king of kings. Frankincense, we offer the prayers of the saints are like incense that represent his divinity. We pray to God. Humanity is what you anoint a body with after it dies. They brought myrrh to anoint Jesus' body, John 19, after he died. So that represented his humanity. His royalty, these are the three gifts, what they represent. Royalty, divinity, and humanity, all right? So um, when we think about this, I just want to zoom in on the words that they fell down and worshiped him. Now, again, most theologians believe he would have been 18 months to two years old. Some believe he could have been two years and six months because it said all those two years old and under, it doesn't mean it didn't, on the birthday of the two, he could have been, he wasn't three yet. So he could have been in his twos. So he's a toddler. So I want to ask you a question. Uh, it's not a trick question. It's just a normal question. Doesn't it seem a little weird that wise, wealthy, they were very wealthy, and honored men would bow down to a two-year-old? That, I mean, in the natural. In the natural, there's a two-year-old playing with his train set or whatever. If it was today, he would be, you know, downloading an app, you know, but, I, okay. Doesn't it seem a little strange that wise, well, these were the wealthy intelligentsia of the day and they bow down to a toddler. Doesn't that seem a little strange? Yes, it is. But was it wrong? No. 
And here's the other question. Was it appropriate? Yes, it was totally appropriate because they were bowing down to the King of Kings, to the Lord of Lords, to the one that actually created the worlds and holds the universe in the palm of his hand. So they expressed their worship. Now, I'm not talking about, I'm talking about expressive worship. I'm not talking about distracting worship, all right? But I do want you to express your worship. And I want you to know it's not wrong to express your worship. But again, I'm not talking about distracting worship. Um, I, I, uh, you know, I'm not talking about while we're sitting here, someone gets up and starts yelling and runs around the sanctuary. That's weird. That's the, the Greek word, weirdos, okay. Um, that's weird. I'm not talking about being weird. By the way, there's a scientific study that was done. I don't know if you heard about it. One in three people are weird. So let's just do a little study here. Look at the person on your left. Just look at them. Now look at the person on your right. Okay, if they don't look weird, then you're the weird one. Okay, actually, that's not a scientific study. It's just a joke. Theologically, three in three are weird. We're all weird. Would you agree? We're all a little strange. So I'm not talking about being strange in your worship. I'm not talking about going outside of your personality either, okay? I'm not talking about that. But when the Cowboys make a touchdown, <laughs> some of you men who just stand in church all cool-like, you're not cool when the Cowboys make a touchdown. You express your joy, right? And some of you ladies, when Nordstrom has a 50% sale, And I don't, I don't mean stereotypes. It may be backward in your home. I, I really don't I, don't. I don't mean that wrong. You express your joy. If you can express your joy over a sale or a touchdown, you should be able to express your joy over being redeemed from eternal hell to eternal heaven. You should be able to express your joy. So that's all I want, that's all I want us to talk about today is that the wise men expressed their worship. They didn't just worship, they expressed their worship. And they didn't go outside their personality. Again, I talked about Bray, Parker and Mitchell. I just, you know, these are three of our nine grandchildren. Um, isn't it amazing that you can see personalities in young kids? So, so Parker, Mitchell, Bray. So Mitchell has... Um, has a personality, okay? They all do, but okay, you know what I mean. You, um, so a while back, they were at our house and this summer and they were swimming and the parents were date day or whatever. And so Ariana, that we, their, their uh, lady that stays with them, you know, uh, was over helping us because it's Debbie and I and three of them. You know, we're outnumbered. We figured that out a long time ago. So we have to have help. 
and we pay for it. We, and we pay double the rate sometimes. We just, just please get us some help. You know, we can't, we're too old for this. So, um, so Ariana said to Mitchell, uh, the middle child said, uh, start packing your things up, it's time to go. And he went, yes, ma'am. And Parker, his older brother, went like this. <laughs> and he said, Mitchell, when did you start saying yes, ma'am, to Ariana? And Mitchell said, just now, try to keep up. <laughs> so, so I'm not talking today about you going outside your comfort level of your personality. I'm not saying I want you to change your personality. I'm just saying I want you to express what's in your heart to God. So I want to give you five, is it normally three, but five, so I'll do them quickly each, biblical expressions of worship, all right? Five biblical expressions of worship. Number one is clapping. That's not a Pentecostal expression. That's a biblical expression. Psalm 27, verse one. Oh, clap your hands, all you peoples. How many of you are peoples? <laughs> then you're included. You're included. Clapping is for, if we, we clap for performances, I've been in movie theaters where we clap at the end of a movie. We, we, we clap for uh, football games again. We clap for all sorts of things. Why can't we clap for the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords? Clapping is an expression of joy. But I want to adjust us a little bit on something, okay? Uh, this is not correction, it's just instruction. There are times when we, we don't need to clap. Um, and I, I just want you to kind of, it's been a while since I've, I've never actually shared what I'm about to share. It's been, so it's been a while since I've preached a series on worship. But there's praise and worship. Praise is kind of the outer court and worship is the inner court. When you come into the inner court, it's not always appropriate to worship. So I, we read Psalm, I mean, and to, to clap. We read Psalm 47, one, clap your hands, all your people. Let me show you the two verses right before that. Very famous, you'll, you'll recognize them. This one verse, just the one verse, that's two verses before it. Psalm 46, verse 10, be still and know that I am God. There's a time to be still. Here's what I wanna say. I've noticed that sometimes, even when we're in a time of worship, that the worship team will finish and we'll clap. And, and I'm not rebuking us. I'm simply saying that I want to give you the reason we clap. We're clapping to rejoice, according to the Bible. That's why we clap. And we also clap for victory over the enemy. But when we clap at the end of a song, we are not clapping because the person who sang it or the band did a good job. I just want you to know that. Anytime we clap, we are clapping for the Lord. But there are times when we don't need to clap. I um, have worship music all the time going on in my, when my times of worship are, are quiet times, we call them. Um, Gateway Worship, Hillsong, Bethel, Chris Tomlin, I was talking with Chris Tomlin one time and I said, I just want to tell you thank you uh, because you've been in a lot of my quiet times with the Lord. 
And, you know, sometimes it's just you and me and God. But there are some times in my quiet times, I'm going to show you something I do that's going to be, you might have this image and think, I don't know about that. But there are some times when I just take my fingers and close my ears like this and just close my eyes and will take just three or four minutes in the presence of God. And there's something to me about kind of shutting out the world. It's be still and know I'm God. So I just want you to know, clapping is a biblical expression, but we don't have to do it all the time, and we don't have to do it after every song, okay? Here's number two, shouting. Same verse, I'm just gonna read the second part of it as well. Psalm 47, one, oh, clap your hands, all you peoples. Shout to God with the voice of triumph. We clap when our, and shout when our team wins. They shouted when they laid the foundation of the temple. They shouted for the walls of Jericho to fall down. You remember that? Which brings me to an interesting question. Should we shout before the victory sometimes? (laughs) Should we shout in faith sometimes? I'm going to read you a scripture that's a quote from Isaiah 54, but it's in the New Testament. Galatians 4 verse 27 says, for it is written, it's written in Isaiah 54, verse 1, rejoice, O barren, you who do not bear. Break forth and shout, you who are not in labor. Of course you shout when you find out you're pregnant. Uh, And just my experience, when you're in labor, they shout too. But it might be a little different. Y'all really can back me up on that part there. So, Um, but what if you're trying to conceive? This says those of you who are not in labor and haven't born yet, you need to shout. And, and again, that, that's not a rebuke. I'm just giving you maybe a key. Go ahead and rejoice now. Rejoice in faith. When we were building this building, uh, it was in the recession of 2009. And we had commitments, and we had money in the bank, and we had a bank loan to make up the rest, which we paid off years ago. But the bank wanted us to get another loan for $20 million to cover just in case the commitments that were, some of the commitments that were made, we had commitments for $45 million, but just in case some of them didn't come in because of the economy, we didn't know what was going to happen. And we didn't, didn't know where else to go. And I went to the shore of Grapevine Lake and I prayed. And I said, God, what do we do? You know, what, what do we do? And I just felt like God reminded me this, Shout. And I started shouting, thank you, God. Thank you, God. I just started shouting. I don't know how long I shouted, but when I started my vehicle up to leave, I got a phone call on my cell phone, and one of our members said, Pastor Robert, my wife and I were praying, how much money do you need? You mentioned the congregation. We have to borrow some more to be able to cover it, which again, we paid that off very quickly too but we have to borrow some more, how much do you need? 
and I said $20 million. The person on the phone was Marcus Lamb. And he said, Daystar would like to loan Gateway Church that money. It was after I shouted and God spoke. I just want to tell you that these are biblical expressions of worship. Don't be afraid of something like this, all right? Here's the third one. I just looked at the clock and realized I've gotten through two or five. So we're going to go quickly. Singing, Numbers 21, 16 through 17. From there they went to Be'er. Now, let me just let you know, this is not pronounced beer. I just don't want any of you men to go home and say, see, it's in the Bible. <laughs> Beer is in the Bible. This is where a well was that was dry, which is the well where the Lord said to Moses, gather the people together and I will give them water. Then Israel sang this song, spring up, O well. All of you sing to it and the well sprung up. Okay, same thing. They had to sing before the well gave water. So do you have some dry wells in your life or some barren wombs or some tall walls and you need to sing to them? And I just wanna address one thing on that. What if you don't feel like it? Well, there are probably some times you don't feel like paying your bills but you better do it anyway. Or going to the doctor, but you better do it anyway. Or maybe you don't feel like eating a bowl of bluebell before you go to bed, but you ought to do it anyway. <laughs> All right, number four, bowing. This is a biblical expression. Psalm 95, verse six. Oh, come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord, our maker. There's an expression of worship. Now, we know the three temptations that we have listed of Satan to Jesus. Throw yourself off the temple, turn these stones to bread, and worship me. What you might not know is that one about worship, Matthew 4, 9, and he said to him, all these things I will give you if you will fall down and worship me. See, even Satan knew that true worship is always expressed. Uh, let me give you one other uh, little insight on this, and then we move to the last point. We'll do it quickly. Um, the wise men came to Jerusalem and said, where is he? And the scribes got the Bible out and say, read the Bible and said, oh, the Bible says in Bethlehem. Then they went to Bethlehem. Once they worshiped, though, it says that God spoke to him in a dream. If you don't get anything out of this message, listen to this. Before they expressed their worship to God, they had to have other people explain the Bible to them. But once they expressed their worship to God, God spoke directly to them. If that's not a good reason to express your worship to God, I don't know what else is. And here's number five, lifting. 
Psalm 130, verse, just in case you ever wondered, well, there's no, no verse in the Bible that says to lift your hands in church. Psalm 134, verse 2, lift up your hands in the sanctuary and bless the Lord. It's pretty clear. Lift up your hands in the sanctuary and bless the Lord. By the way, remember we talked about bowing a while ago? There's a willing bowing and an unwilling bowing. Let me, let me remind you, every knee will bow. So you can bow willingly now, but you will bow one day. Okay, there's the same way. There's an unwilling lifting of your hands. And we've seen it a hundred times in movies. And it normally is preceded by the words, stick them up. <laughs> and we lift our hands. I remember a pastor telling me over 20 years ago, I, we were talking about it. He said, a whole bunch of people in my church are starting to lift their hands. He said, but I'll never do it. I'll never lift my hands in church. And we didn't really have time to talk about it, but I just remember we got in worship and the, man, the presence of God was so strong and nearly the whole church was lifting their hands except him. And I just remember thinking, I feel so bad for this guy because if he does get held up sometimes, he's gonna get shot. <laughs> I mean, they're gonna shoot him, you know? All right, here's my closing illustration. Um, Years ago, I heard a, a lady teach on worship from New Zealand, and she loved the queen. She just loved the queen. I know many people have been watching series on the queen and the royal family and all now, but I mean, this was years ago. And she, so that she heard the queen was coming to her city, and she's very short in stature, and she wanted to see the queen. So she got down there early, but the street was already full. She tried and tried and tried. Finally, she saw a trash dumpster. And she climbed up on that trash dumpster. And when the queen came by, she shouted and she jumped up and down and she whistled and she waved her arms and she danced. And she said, when she told this, she said, now, if the queen had not been passing by, I would have looked pretty foolish doing that on a trash dumpster. But because the queen was passing by, what I was doing was completely appropriate. My question for you today is, what are you going to do when the king passes by? And not just the king, but the king of kings who gave his life for you. It is completely appropriate and scriptural to express your worship to him. Wise people still worship. I want you to bow your heads and close your eyes. And every weekend, we just ask the Holy Spirit, Lord, what are you saying to me? We, we want to personalize it. What are you saying to me? Maybe you grew up in a church where expressive worship just, it just wasn't a part of it, worship. And you, and you kind of feel like that's just, um, that, that's kind of, uh, uh, I don't mind people who do that, but that's not what I think of with church. I think of it being quiet and reverent and things. So maybe that's part of it. Maybe the Lord is speaking to you about it. it's okay. Maybe your personality is, I'm not, I'm not as expressive. And so maybe... My worship wouldn't be as expressive as someone else. That's okay too. But 
Could you express it some? Like we talked about lifting our hands. Think about how a parent or grandparent feels when we, when we walk in a room and the child, a child lifts his hands to us. That's the way the Lord feels. It blesses the Lord. Lift up your hands in the sanctuary and bless the Lord. That word bless means makes happy, makes him happy. Maybe you grew up in a church where the expression of worship was over the top and almost seemed fake. And so now you've kind of backed off from it and the Lord's speaking. So I don't know what he's speaking to you, but let the Holy Spirit speak to you. Lord, I want to tell you, thank you. As we enter this Christmas Advent season, preparing our hearts to celebrate the arrival of Christ, I pray, Lord, that you will remind us that it is completely appropriate to express our worship to the King of Kings. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for joining us today. If you'd like to connect with us, text CONNECT to 71010 or visit gatewaypeople.com. We hope you have a great week.